Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That correlation that was missing is finally there in the car. And now we can start focusing on developing this car. It's race week in the world of Formula One as the paddock jets off to Austria for a sprint weekend where Mercedes will be hoping to ease their slender lead over Aston Martin in the Constructors' Championship. But in the meantime, here at the Silver Arrows podcast, we used our week off to produce a slightly different show to normal. The last 18 months has been a difficult journey for Mercedes fans alike. And now we're finally beginning to see some genuine green shoots in their quest to get back to winning ways. We thought it might be the perfect time to take a helicopter view of the technical development that has occurred at Brackley and Bricksworth in that time. To help us do that, and promise, don't turn the podcast off straight away, we've acquired the help of ex-Red Bull employee turned F1 YouTube star Shubham Sangodkar, also known as F1 Aerodynamicist. Shub is known and widely respected in the F1 world for his fantastic analysis of the Mercedes aerodynamic concepts amongst his work on other teams too. From the launch of the Zero Pod concept right the way through to the current car spec. Join the two of us as we unpack how Mercedes have arrived in their current position. I promise you, you won't want to miss it. And very quickly, before we jump right in with Shub, we want to say a huge thank you for the incredible response to the podcast recently. Over the last few weeks, we've taken on a lot of new subscribers and listeners, so we hope you're all enjoying what we're producing. If you have topics you'd like us to discuss, you can always get in touch with us on Twitter, at MercF1Pod. And if you're new to the podcast but enjoying it, then please do consider sharing with your friends on social media, or perhaps leaving a nice review to bump us up the charts. Any help is greatly appreciated. But without further ado, let's jump in with Shub. Shub, for starters, I think this is a first for us, having an ex-Red Bull employee on the podcast. Perhaps 
for those who aren't familiar with who you are and what you do, could you explain a little bit about your previous role working in F1? Yeah, so hello everyone. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Shubham Sangorkar and I worked as a student placement with Red Bull Racing for the 2021 and the 2022 season. For the 2021 season, I worked more in an operational role where we would help uh, the team operationally. So it was quite cool getting involved in the Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton season where it was so intense uh, behind the scenes uh, at Milton Keynes and just making sure the entire operation runs seamlessly you know and then for the 2022 season i work majorly on the front car group basically trying to design front brake ducts um your front wings i primarily worked on the front wings like churning out different design ideas day in and day out uh, some of the quite innovative ideas on the front wing that you see on the mercedes um looking at them taking some inspiration from them and trying to really figure out what is actually happening and what's driving the mechanism that we should really target to make sure that we're able to hit the aerodynamic philosophy that uh, people above us wanted us to try and obtain. Awesome. So then post Red Bull, what have you gone on to do? So post Red Bull, I decided to take some time off just to recalibrate in terms of what I wanted to do next because I really had this big interest in the field of education and I felt like um, Red Bull was a life I could choose but then I also wanted to choose something that would provide me more flexibility, provide me uh, more of an opportunity to impact lives uh, on a bigger scale. So I decided to take give it a shot. Um, started off with a YouTube channel while I was figuring what I wanted to do professionally. The YouTube channel became a big uh, springboard platform to have conversations like these actually. So got in touch with some big people and got in touch with a lot of people in India itself who want to grow the sport. And uh, recently I'm now involved in starting India's first technical motorsport academy we are going to launch this december to try and create a platform for the younger version of me in a way because it's been 13 years and nothing's really changed the scene in india like a kid in india who has a dream to be in f1 still has to go through the same roadblocks as i went through 13 years ago right so we want to change that so i'm working on this baby project uh, to kind of build that platform for anybody that's uh, from india to uh, get into the sport you know the whole diversity theme also in uh, carrying forward that and apart from that i'm looking forward to go into research myself because that's something that provides me flexibility and allows me to do podcasts like these and still enjoy the sport in a flavor of um, in its technical depth but also from a spectator perspective <laughs> well you're doing an amazing job and i know your work is appreciated by fans across the f1 spectrum i just wanted to start by going back to 2022 and more specifically the second test in bahrain where mercedes took the cover off their car to reveal their zero pod concept. I think this episode is a chance to go back to talk through Mercedes development from that moment right up until now. And perhaps the first thing we should do is talk about that zero pod concept that was revealed in Bahrain and perhaps discuss as an aerodynamicist why you think it didn't work. Well, when the covers came off, honestly, it was kind of a shock for all of us. Like, what is that? And how did they, how were they able to make that? So I think um, we as Red Bull back then, um, we didn't expect to be the fastest car by far. Like we expected to be the third or the fourth fastest car, to be honest, because we've 
just come off from a really intense battle from Mercedes and Mercedes had already started developing their 2022 car. So everybody had a head start except for us and we were literally catching up. But it so happened that, you know, thanks to the directions of people who have done this before, our focus was not on pure performance. Our focus was to make sure that our car worked in a, uh, you know, in a wide range of um, attitudes and range of conditions, um, not not being super peaky in terms of downforce. And we backed ourselves as a team to add um, downforce onto the car and make the car faster through the season. Now, it so happened that teams like Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes had had so much time to work on these regulations that because they were ahead of us, they already had time to fine tune their concepts, which in a way became the worst thing that um, that really happened to them because they started optimizing these cars to ground effect, hence lower ride heights, um, and based their entire development around that. And that became a vicious cycle for them. So everybody started purposing, except for Red Bull, because we were focusing on just making sure our car works as a whole system well across a range of conditions. And so um, that when we saw the problem on everybody's car, we could react to it quicker than anybody else. We knew that immediately that that is not the space uh, that we should target for performance. And hence that gave us almost like, you know, when you go into a corner, if you go into too hot, you land up, um, you know, not having a clean exit. So we, we came in cautiously, just like Max Verstappen breaks early, we break earlier and we had the best exit and down the state the entire 2022 season, we kicked it off. But when Mercedes did reveal their entire car, it was a shock and we expected that car to be extremely fast. But because they'd optimized it in the wrong window, uh, as you know, Toto Wolf has said so many times and that Mike Elliott has gone on record on saying that there's a lot of potential that we see in the car in the wind tunnel, but it's only in the wind tunnel. They can't really exploit it uh, because drivability comes into picture. The idea that... <laughs> <laughs> the idea that Red Bull lucked out by being a bit behind everyone is certainly very interesting. But in terms of the aerodynamic specifics, do you think there's a fundamental flaw with the idea of a zero pod concept in how it manages turbulent air and seals the floor? Well, we've tried doing some CFD analysis to try and understand this. And I've on my YouTube channel, I've done like an entire series of the W14 concept versus the Aston Martin concept per se. We've done like a four-part series. So for those of you who enjoy the technical aero depth, like check it out. But on a high level, there are some trends, just like for every regulation, there are some trends which have emerged out to be um, the key factors in making cars work. Like in this year's cars, like in this regulation trend, it's the white side pod philosophy. Um, it's the delivery of air to the rear end of the car um, and especially to the diffuser, which has turned out to be uh, an important factor. Now, if you look at what the zero pod design did, um, it basically slimmed the entire side pods. And what it tried doing was it tried to uh, have your front wheel wake control by using the vortex structure from the cis tube, right? And what that did was it was trying to replicate in a way what the white side pods were doing, but it was a very smart way of doing it. However, it was not a very consistent way of doing it 
according to the simulation and the work that we've done like it was very subjective to what condition the car was in like the moment there was yaw involved or um, other uh, factors involved that mechanism from our simulations you could see would quickly break down so there was not a consistent delivery of air to the rear end of the car and some of the drivers comments actually backs this where you know lewis and george would say that the rear end of the car is uh, unpredictable and I think that could be because this mechanism was not consistent across a large range of conditions. And now if you look at what Red Bull has, for example, the white side pod concept is just like a mechanical, it's just like a blockage there, right there to pressurize the air to make sure that the front wheel wake is pushed out and it's not fed to the rear of the car. And also now if you look at the evolution of um, Red Bull on this year's car, they have like the whole undercut region where they start um, really sculpting the air and delivering it specifically to the rear end. And if you look at the Aston Martin, for example, using the water slides, again, to deliver the air to the rear end of the car. So Mercedes per se with that zero pod concept did not really have that mechanism at play at all. And if you if you look at what, uh, like if you try to listen to what comments were coming out from the team, they were also commenting about, um, guys, we don't have correlation between what the tunnel is saying and what the car is doing in reality. And this is a classic example of, um, you know, correl uh, miscorrelation when you're trying to, when you're dependent too much on aero mechanisms, because these mechanisms can change the moment the car hits on track. So. Um, my gut feeling, or at least my simulations indicated to me that what really Mercedes was struggling with was the consistency of the mechanism they thought would replace the white side pods and having like uh, an intricate, having a design feature that enabled that across all conditions, you have uh, a consistent delivery of high energy air to the rear end of the car and to the diffuser. Sure. So there's one thing making a mistake to develop that car concept in the first place, which is a mistake that Mercedes have obviously since held their hands up. But why do you think they persisted with it for so long, including into the development of the 2023 car? So um, uh, it's it's strange because if you if you rewind back, you need to almost see what happened to them. This okay. So first of all, the game the rules of the game have changed. Like you cannot just change your concept like that because of the budget cap, right? That is hugely limited in what Mercedes could do. If this was before the budget cap era, I kid you not, they would have had another car and there would literally be parallel programs running to make sure that they've covered themselves off. But I think Brazil last year was a really important race for them because they almost were given the carrot by Red Bull uh, saying, here you go, win the race. The reality was that Red Bull really got it wrong that uh, that race weekend, like the entire setup, and Mercedes uh, were able to were were there to pounce upon it. Like Mercedes as the team is operationally is really good. It's a world class team, right? So they were able to take this concept and still work with it somehow. In ad in addition to the two world class drivers that they have, so. Brazil gave them hope, I felt. Like Brazil gave like, this car can work, it can win races. But I think um, even if you listen to the noises that came out of the garage, the Mercedes was surprised because according to them, they had hit all the performance targets that were set to them. Like, okay, this is what, you know, like everybody has a performance target that they'd like to set. 
and it looked like they had set those targets but when they came to bahrain 2023 they realized that it just wasn't good enough and that's where i think if you listen to some of the debriefs that you've heard from james ellison recently and toto i think they took the decision in bahrain itself that to catch up with some uh, with um, you know with red bull they need to take a huge step which this concept just couldn't provide um and they had to fundamentally change something so i think they the brazil season made them stick with their concept saying this has potential and you know you see the developments in the wind tunnel going on and says you're adding performance to the car you're more optimistic about it but the more but the real truth is when you start you know when against the clock watch basically once you start doing quali um, that's when there are no uh, sandbags and you realize how far back you are just go sit back and say yeah we need to change something we need to change everything if possible mm, that that is interesting but do you think that mercedes generally made that 2023 decision in bahrain just a few months ago i remember mike elliot talked about the prospects of new side pods at the car launch just two weeks before that and it does seem that mercedes have developed a new car very very quickly if that is the case i do think they would have had a backup plan in place considering because bahrain for them would have been like um you know a checkpoint in their own development plan but i do think that bahrain was the point where they actually said yes scrap everything that's there all resources diverted to plan b because you know they even though people like I, i remember some of the people trying to correct me on social media saying oh it's not a new chassis it's not a w14b i'm like yes it's a not a new chassis because they couldn't make one because of budget cap but aerodynamically it's w14b like the whole thing has changed like the cooling has changed the whole aero philosophy has changed and now you start hearing noises that i've heard some of the um, mercedes personnel uh, saying stuff like that correlation that was missing is finally there in the car and now we can start focusing on you know just like focusing on developing this car and there are 10 things that they can include which probably they couldn't include thanks to the design limitation introduced by the chassis like that whole mid wing that you see it's kind of integrated into the white side pod concept which gives them some advantages and some disadvantages but given an opportunity to redo the whole thing like you'll see next year you'll see that that package is much more optimized yes absolutely and we'll talk a little more about on track versus simulation correlations very very shortly Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more 
and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I just want to pick up there on the W14B. And yes, we're definitely calling it the W14B, just like you. A lot of car goodness in the ground effect era comes from the underfloor. But what do you think the general philosophy of the new side pods is? And do you think Mercedes are happy with how they're working? I mean, you just have to look at the stop first to know whether they're happy or not. So they come with a completely new concept, right? Onto uh, with the W14B. And they are initially to begin with as fast as what their older concept was. So A, it's not a slower car, even though they've completely changed the entire concept. So that's a good starting point. And then you have to just look at the last two races, how they've performed, you know? Um, yes, Max Verstappen had, I don't know, bird stuck in his brake duct or some animal stuck in his brake duct, but Lewis Hamilton was genuinely competing with Fernando Alonso for P2. And before that, they got a double podium, right? So Mercedes has made a lot of progress forward in terms of race pace. And especially when weather, the weather condition is a bit hot, their car comes alive a bit more. So um, I would definitely say that the W14B has been a step forward. Uh, which is a great um, thing to look at considering it's in-season development. Because, you know, if if they've started this in Bahrain and if they've done this in what, four months, then that's great. Uh, of course, they have the benefit of looking and getting inspiration from concepts from other people. But that's a lot of, you still have to implement that. And Mercedes are an absolutely talented team. And I can bet you, Next year, you're not going to see a copy of either the Ferrari or the Red Bull. You're going to see a Mercedes flavor of the white side pod philosophy. And if anything, Ben, I think um, what is, I think Mercedes has been a bit too um, aggressive on the entire uh, aero philosophy. Because if you look at the front wing design, that front wing is probably the most beautiful front wing on the entire grid because of the kind of aggressive mechanisms that it's running. And I don't want to get into the details of it, but I can tell you getting that front wing design work is really, really difficult. And it's really, really like kudos to them for uh, getting them, for getting that to work. So I can assure you that next year, Mercedes are going to come up with their own flavor of white side pods and it's going to be a car to look out for. Sure. Earlier, you provided a really nice explanation of the zero pod concept, how it tries to channel the air and how that affected the rear of the car. Now, Shub, could you talk a little bit about the W14B and how that philosophy has changed? What subtleties are there when compared to the W13 and the original W14? So compared to the older version, right? So what you have is a dedicated um, so because you have the white side pods, you'll end up just like the Aston Martin and the Red Bull, you'll end up pressurizing the air and creating like a pathway for um, high energy air to be delivered to the rear end of the car and also creating an air, a consistent aero mechanism to push the front wheel wake uh, in a lot of your conditions, especially keeping that away from the side pods and being fed into the rear end of the car. So these are the two primary mechanisms, but there's a whole lot, dif uh, you know, a lot of other things going on in the underfloor. Um, what is exactly happening in the underfloor? If I could answer that, man, I think they'd hire me. But, but, but to be honest, we've been seeing two mechanisms. Uh, and this is where when you saw the Red Bull underflow, 
is just completely mind blowing like the whole thing looks ai designed it looks organic and it's kind of surreal to know humans have designed it but if you look at the ferrari and the mercedes ones you look at them and you go like okay fine okay making sense like this this can be designed by a human being but in terms of two aero mechanisms and i'm going to launch a video on this soon is that it makes sense for you to run the car like you know if to exploit the ground effect it makes sense for you to use um the ground clearance as much as possible and we see that on the ferrari uh, and on the mercedes like their ground clearance is really low from the plank uh, in terms of how their floor is designed and we've seen that this leads to two vortex structures which are side by side and they become elliptical in nature now that is a good mechanism uh, like it is a aero philosophy in its own right that helps you to create a lot of outwash and gives you that skirt kind of effect on the front half of the flow but because you're kind of compressing this vortices and they don't really merge you're not dropping the pressure on the floor uh, as much as possible like the drop in static pressure is not as high as it should be or or as it could be now that might just be the way they are going about it but if you look at red bull they have their floor slightly raised higher up and we have done a simulation in which we basically could we were trying to push the mechanism to see if we could see something different and we quickly saw that instead of having two vortices side by side we saw a mechanism in which by giving them some space to revolve around each other they started revolving rotating and merging now you had one strong vortex which is how ideally vortices merge like in a open environment um and we could see that we all we gained a lot of downforce on our model flow that we tested the moment we got that mechanism working so that might be the difference between how a red bull floor for example works versus how a mercedes floor works but what exactly it's doing um i wouldn't be able to say i'm just i'm just trying to guess from whatever results we've seen in cfd amazing so what you're saying is that's all going on underneath the floors of these cars in venturi tunnels essentially absolutely absolutely you touched a minute ago on correlation and obviously one of the big problems mercedes have had over the last 18 months or so has been the correlation between what they see on track and what they're expecting back at the factory with their simulation tools so do you think that's a problem they fixed for good now perhaps you could explain why problems like that occurred in the first place um well just to rewind back like before the 2022 season Mercedes was considered to be the gold standard for correlation like their correlation work in terms of aero and also in terms of tire dynamics and tire modeling was some next level like if you heard because as back then as students we would try to get as much data as possible into these kind of stuff and if you heard the noises coming out from some sources within the team you would just be like damn there's some wizardry going on there and um i can tell you that when i went to red bull uh, there was a huge focus at the start again as i told you we were not really very focused on adding performance onto the car because we knew as a team we backed ourselves that that would eventually come but there was a huge focus on making sure the correlation was there and you know we used to do like monthly or weekly correlation activities like uh, we students we used to a lot of the times i had to you um, do correlation studies between the cfd and the wind tunnel uh, parts that we were sending like why is this result not matching or even if you see the improvement is it really the the reason of improvement is it really because 
um, what CFD had hinted you. So at Red Bull, we had a huge focus on correlation at the beginning, at the beginning of the season. But when it came to Mercedes, I think um, first of all the whole purposing issue got them off because getting like predicting purposing. Um, or bouncing, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, in wind tunnel is extremely, uh, it's not impossible, don't get me wrong, it's possible, but uh, it's really, really hard to have a metric saying this part, if you add, then it would change or it would impact purposing by this much amount. It's not really easy. And to develop that metric takes time. Also, you have to remember that if, you know, these are really sensitive instruments. And if you have an unstable mechanism like that in the wind tunnel, good luck with your belt and the entire instrumentation that goes around it. So develop, you have to almost develop a tool to try and understand that mechanism. So that it, and then once you develop a tool, you need to have enough data to make sure correlation exists. So these things just take time, right? Um, but in terms of their strength and how good they are for correlation purposes, I think that's pretty good. Um, they've showcased this in the past um, as to how well they, while well oiled machine they are. If you even today, if you try to um, answer a Mercedes interview, I've done I, I've done that myself. Uh, you can see how thorough their interview process is in terms of what they ask you and stuff like that. So you can see that these are quality people, and I don't want to make um, an uneducated comment about how good or how bad their correlation practices are. I can just tell you that they are quality people, and they must have had processes being put but it just takes time sometime to get these things in place amazing so you've spoken a little bit about next year and how a new chassis might arrive with significant changes once again to the side pod toto's talked about two new big upgrades coming this year one of which will be at silverstone how do you think the team might tweak this concept this season with the aim of trying to win a few races after the summer break well by by big margin, the biggest differentiator is the floor. So what I see is a huge floor upgrade coming uh, for sure. Um, but to complement the floor, um, like the floor can only work harder. Like, for example, you would only work harder if I give you, say, a candy or, you know, some kind of some kind of an added benefit. And that benefit comes from your side pod concept. Like if you look at the most like the tweak that Aston Martin has done, They've kind of changed their whole uh, water slide concept, tweaked it to make sure that um, they are providing the energy uh, to the rear end of the car. They've moved their cooling vents to a slightly different place to make sure that the losses are not fed to the rear end. So I see a huge upgrade coming onto the floor, also taking some inspiration from Red Bull because Red Bull floor has a lot of novel features which are just not present on anybody else's floor like a front kick um, on like a kick like there's a front floor kick which is very very novel um, in terms of how that works like again i've released a video last week uh, trying to understand how that works and i call it like the double lateral diffuser theory because in a very weird way it is a double lateral diffuser um so check that out if you really want to. <laughs> could you could you just explain for people who may not understand that sort of terminology, what is a double lateral diffuser? We all know what a diffuser is, right? And in a diffuser, typically people think of a vertical expansion that you have a diffuser that's expanding vertically and that kind of lines up generating downforce on the throat of the diffuser. But uh, F1 diffusers, expand also laterally and the whole idea to keep it really simple is the more the expansion 
the more the drop in static pressure and the more the drop in static pressure the more the downforce right so the whole idea is to maximize expansion but maximizing exp expansion is not that easy because the mechanisms that are used to um ex you know increase the expansion ie the vortices don't like this and i give the example of uh, something like you know imagine you have to climb a hill and uh, you have a certain amount of energy the steeper the hill becomes the harder it is for you to climb and vortices are very similar like oh, great we want to reach higher and higher on that on that hill but the harder it becomes so you need mechanisms to be um, you know empowering you like if you think again of that an, uh, analogy of you climbing a hill maybe you need some energy drinks pun intended right so so uh, maybe you need an energy drink maybe a couple of energy drinks and uh, f1 aerodynamics has its own ways of giving you this energy drinks in a way to the uh, mechanism but what do i mean by lateral uh, double lateral diffuser is you are used to seeing a diffuser at the rear end of the car and how that expands laterally but we've seen from some of the cfd that we've done is that even the front floor is acting like a lateral diffuser in terms of the expansion mechanism that's going on so it's just not this whole venturi effect that thousands of um, youtube videos explain to you that this is how the floor works yes if it was that simple why do you need so many aerodynamicists um there are other mechanisms at play which basically expand the flow laterally so you see these streaks right like how they are curved and they are aggressively outwashing all the front streaks that are there on the floor all that is creating something called as outwash which basically gives you a lot of lateral expansion and red bull has like a kick which is very typical in a diffuser but not really in a front floor and it's only red bull who has that and i try to explain how that works in the video that i've released but i don't want to get too geeked out on this podcast and want to keep it try and keep it simple and for those who uh, really want to get into it can go on to my video because it is kind of diving into a lot of details absolutely absolutely we'll make sure we point people in the right direction at the end of the show now we're talking a lot about underfloors at the moment which is probably what we could have anticipated how big a tool do you think the high res pictures of the red bull floor that we got in monaco will be for the guys and girls at mercedes at the moment especially from your experience at red bull is that something they'll really be studying we've had a really good interview from james allison isn't he where you know people have kind of made memes that he is not very well impressed uh, with with it but um i can see why because um you know the floor um and even as technical director of uh, mclaren so as stella said that devil is really in the details and if you look at the floor you can't really capture a lot of those details just from pictures like these are curvatures that you need like pictures from multiple angles to figure out what it actually is but um there are so many just novel features about the floor that you can definitely take inspiration like there are the floor is not like a smooth surface like it's a stepped surface in a lot of direction it has like carvings out and i'm like dude why are you trying to do that <laughs> like what is actually going on here so i'm pretty sure that mercedes would look at those features like those really dramatic features and say let's try that out and let's see what that doing and i'm pretty sure that with their sophisticated cfd models they would be able to predict uh, or understand better what's happening because now that they have a floor which is kind of similarish to red bull um they can add small little details and features to understand how they're driving the mechanism so uh, definitely those pictures are useful and i'm pretty sure they will take inspiration from 
um, from those from from those floor pictures because there are just so many novel things sitting right there staring at you in the face. Shub, it's so nice to have you on. Thank you so much for your time insight and knowledge we'd love to have you on throughout the rest of the season here on the silver arrows podcast and mercedes bolt on those upgrades so we can get a little bit geekier about stuff before we leave though it will be really nice for you to point listeners who aren't familiar with your stuff in the right direction for your detailed analysis of the mercedes car and all of the cool techie f1 stuff that you do yeah, so if you're more into techie stuff, and even if you want to, you know, give F1 careers a shot, I have a channel called F1 Aerodynamicist on YouTube and on Instagram, where I basically focus around talking about potential aero mechanisms at play on different cars and what different philosophies do. So do check out my channel. Again, on this channel, I also uh, have advice for people who want to get into F1. So I have a series called How to Get a Job in F1, where I talk about CV, cover letters, all the things that I had to go through when I was applying. So I basically reviewed my own things. I said, why give strange examples when I can just use myself as an example? So I've done that. And in addition to that, I also do career counseling for students uh, for like really... Uh, focus students. Um, I do spend like an hour or so with them. Um, and I'm so happy to tell you guys that, you know, we've, we've had three students who've got placements in F1. Just today, I got a message on LinkedIn and I posted that on my Instagram saying, thank you so much for all your YouTube content. I, I, I used that for my interview and I just got placed in, uh, in an F1 aerodynamics department. So I find a lot of happiness in making sure that, you know, students who really want to learn get the opportunity to learn aerodynamics and I could help them in their journey a little bit. But also, if you are from India and listening and tuning in, as I was trying to hint earlier, uh, in terms of what I'm doing next, I'm planning to start an organization called United Motorsports Academy. We will, you know, if you follow my channels, you'll get updates on that. And we are trying to create India's first technical motorsport academy, wherein we provide you the platform and the ecosystem required for you to make it into motorsports thank you so much keep up the good work and we'll hopefully see you soon yeah for sure i'm thrilled to come again and spread the knowledge mate have a good one thank you and that's all we have time for this week a massive thank you to shub for joining us and thanks to you for listening do remember to follow us on twitter at merc f1 pod and hit that follow button in your podcast app If you're enjoying these episodes and feeling extra kind, drop us a review and share this episode with anybody who you think may enjoy it. We'll see you after Austria.